As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're on a massive adventure in Indonesia. This expedition is designed to collect plastic pollution data, bringing together a group of participants to really train them in our citizen science. They'll go back to their own communities to talk about the issue and really encourage solutions. We're analyzing what we can see with our eyes. The citizen science's protocols that we've developed over the years and that we can train anyone to do. And they follow the guidelines, then we can use that data in our larger data set to generate a global estimate of plastic pollution. That was sound from the film Five Gyres by our guest tonight, Karen B. Song. I'm Ben Pomeroy, and welcome to Swell Season. And I'm your co-host, Tyler J. Broyer. And this is Swell Season, motherfuckers. How's your pie, guy? Pie's fine. Yes, tonight (laughs) we're getting into it with producer, filmmaker, writer, shredder, Karen Song on her career and a project she's currently working on pertaining to women and big wave surfing and equity and gender and it's going to be uh, a simple topic to uh, to get into and I'm psyched for it. It's it's going to be a nice minefield for us, Ben. <laughs> Two <laughs> straight white males behind mics talking about women's issues in surf. But, um, you know, I, I guess like we thought timing was right with the last month's article in the New York Times, a fight for gender equality in one of the most dangerous spots on earth by Dan DeWayne. And we thought this would be a really appropriate guest. Karen has some experience in this. She's very, she's also a great surfer and has interacted with a lot of great big wave female surfers. And so we thought this would be a great opportunity to explore the topic and have fun. So uh, in a few short min- minutes, we're going to introduce our awesome guest. Uh, but first, Ben, how's your pie going? My pie's fine. Yeah, pie's good and well. Uh, it is, it is. I did, I'm did. i one of the few that uh, watched yesterday's Great Surf in New Jersey. You were there? From behind a computer screen. Uh, yes. Well, if it makes you feel better, I was uh, avoiding looking at it all day yesterday. 
because uh, I knew it was going to be good and daylight savings kind of screwed me in the morning when I woke up and realized, oh, it's seven o'clock. Yeah, I know. How, yeah, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday threw me uh, But I am very psyched to get back to the show. We took last week off and, uh, you know, Karen's been on the, uh, the sort of radar to get her on as soon as we could for a while. So God, for this. I know. But before we begin, Ben, where can our listeners find Swell Season Surf Radio? Yes, live listeners, you can find us on <laughs> our website, swellseasonsurfradio.com, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and uh, of course, yes, swellseasonsurfradio.com. And uh, Tyler, you, you're put, you're you're actually. Uh, pitching and uh, doing a request here. Yeah, so all our listeners, like if you have, especially if you're in the New York metro area and you're doing an event, a movie screening, uh, art showing, anything, we'll happily promote it. We're whores. We love promoting (laughs) stuff. No, we like to promote. We want to promote our community. We want to promote people getting together. So if you have any events, anything going on, just go to swellseasonsurfradio at gmail.com, email us. Uh, or go to our website and submit, and we would be more than happy to air whatever events you got going on. And then, speaking of that, I got a good message from our, our good buddy, Chris Labsda, down um, in New Jersey. Yeah, the Garden State. That's right. Uh, he uh, asked us to help promote his latest efforts uh, with his Headland Creative. Uh, he's doing something really cool. So this one is called New Jersey Keg Hunter. Mm-hmm. It's a video submission comp. So here, here's the press release, okay? I'm not gonna do it justice, but. New Jersey Keg Hunter is a new kind of event designed to celebrate the uniqueness of the New Jersey surf scene in modern age. Ooh, yeah! That's my macho man reading the press release. I love it. Isn't that good? Uh, With massive swells that are here today and gone tomorrow, the time for a contest that can capture these moments and reward those surfers willing to take the plunge on the steepest, deepest, Jersey Kegs is here. Keg Hunter. Keg Hunter. Keg Hunter. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday's online contest that requires surfers to submit a video of an individual wave written during the course of the prime surf season in New Jersey and is brought to you by Last Wave Brewing. The difference is the people decide who take the crown. So what this is, in essence, they're going to host a party in Asbury Lanes on April 19, April 2019 to showcase the best video submissions from the contest and celebrate the New Jersey surf community as a whole. Uh, the people in attendance will select the first ever New Jersey keg master who will be awarded a golden keg trophy, $2,000 in cold, hard cash and a golden keg full of beer. Keg hunter. Keg hunter. <laughs> the chance to have their own beer made at last wave brewing. The bar rises each year for surfing in New Jersey, and it's time to recognize and reward the men and women who are pushing the limits here on the East Coast. So for our listeners, go check out headlandcollective.com for more details. And sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it does sound cool. Ben, I think we're going to have to go down there for the awards ceremony. Yeah, I had one of those double IPAs by them. Uh, last week, it's delicious. It's delicious. I didn't have to drive. I know. (laughs) Seriously. Keg hunting. I like it. I like it. Nice. nice. I like it a lot. Um, so anyway, um, getting into it, let's let's introduce our guest. 
Do, do you want to read it, Ben, or do you want me to? Um, I'll read it. Yeah. Okay. Our guest, Karen B. Song, began her 20-year career in the entertainment industry producing and commissioning music albums on major labels, TV programs, and music videos, working with some of the most influential artists of all time, ranging from, get this, Madonna, Beyonce, Bono, to Missy Elliott, and Patti Smith. Nasty lineup right there. Um, she's also currently working on a narrative feature. She also works on narrative feature films, and there is a TV series project underway uh, in various stages of uh, production and development. Uh, one in particular we are going to discuss tonight, a documentary on women in big wave surfing, No Apologies, Women, Gods, and Monsters. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So psyched that you're on, Karen. <laughs> to see you guys out of the water and to actually have a conversation instead of like little soundbite conversations. Well, Karen, you and I have had uh, a couple great conversations at uh, New Park Pizza, especially, yes. I remember. That the was best. a good sweet slice. That was our bonding moment over pizza. And the best sign. Absolutely. The best sign is my favorite. It's, it's, it's home. It's home. And then also at your event, which I absolutely yeah. love. Yeah. I'm so grateful, actually, that you did this event. It's really just so special to have that in New York. Wow. And I learned so much, and I meet so many cool people. Well, it's it's an honor to be just working on it and getting to We're work We're talking about... It does not work. That's right. And there are a few shapers whose boards I have next you know next in line that I want to get. Yes. <laughs> really nice. Who 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 from uh, does it not work are you? There's so many good ones, but I, the next two that I'm really like wanting to get Kyle's and uh, uh, Johnny Barbone. Johnny yeah, Barbone. Amazing. There's some beautiful boards. Yeah. Like Rolls Royce. Yeah. Not Mercedes Benz like level yeah. of surfboards and Kyle's like just incredible. I know. I know Folks should listen to our interview with Johnny Barbone. Guys are robotic engineer, I think. Oh, robotic engineer. And some car thing, right? He yeah. Cars. yeah. And he's just the most amazing glasser, laminator. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he is yeah. he is detailed yeah. oriented. I mean, it looks like enamel. It's so perfect. Absolutely. Solid. Yeah. I want to get a board from Pink Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are my favorites. Those, those boards you could even just hang, like get ten and just hang them on your walls. They're they're just worth the art. The 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 the, the like I want to call it Fang Tail, but it's not. That's but it's scary. like it's like yes. the it's like the vampire like, tail, maybe vamp vamp tail. You didn't maybe? hurt your feet. No, but it was cool. It had, this board had like fangs at the bottom. It had like five fangs. Sharp. It was yeah. sharp, <laughs> and I was definitely jumping in front of the board instead of behind, actually, which is not what you're supposed to do. Folks should come out. Um, to next next fall, I assume we're gonna have yeah. it back in September. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't not work the experimental uh, design surfboard. And it was great to. also to have, to have that at Rockway so that we could actually try boards. I don't exactly. know if we did that in the past, but no. that was amazing. No, it was a we we've always tried to link it with the fish fry, but um, it always wouldn't fully work out, and people wouldn't bring a lot of the boards down, so everyone would just have to be riding fishes. So this was. Really cool and really nice, and like we had that peak all to ourselves god. too. Oh my god, we lucked out with a really good morning. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Was so it was pumping and yeah. nobody out. Like we had that whole beach to ourselves to try out boards. It was it was unbelievable. And whereas like one two beaches down, it was, was packed. Yeah. Was um, so, um, Karen, yeah, just gonna dive right into okay. this. All right. So I want to use this quote um, as a diving off point for our our topic tonight, which. You know, it's uh, women surfing, gender equality. 
Um, so this appeared in the Inertia's website on Inertia's website in 2016 after the inaugural Women's Heat at Piafi. Uh, this is by the J.P. Curry, uh, the writer. You you might be familiar with this article. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to read this off, and I want to just like get your thoughts. Um, so here we go. Um, quote. Why is it that the success of women in surfing must be measured against the standards of men? It's not okay for the biggest. Uh, it's not okay for the biggest compliment ever leveled at Tyler Wright or Parissa Moore to be, as Red Bull eloquently put it, that they surf like a man. Why can't women surfing be its own thing? Women surfing is not the same as men surfing, nor will it ever be, and there is nothing wrong with admitting that. I see a lot of flaws in that statement, uh, but I'm, I'm curious your thoughts, you know, um, because this is pervasive in the men, you know, in surfing, you know, this male dominated sport and, you know, and it's like, it's not cool to com compliment them like a As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply man they should be held to a different standard I, I personally don't agree with that but uh i'm curious like your thoughts i mean i think inherently it's from the language right there are gender assignments to um to there are different qualities that we assign to gender and i think that language has to change i think we are you know like athleticism sheer athleticism that we're assigning that as a male feature and yeah. that it's supposed to look a certain way i think if you break it down to just this idea of athleticism or an idea of grace or whatever those qualities um, that an athlete carries, like if you break that down, then that is what it is. It's not necessarily like a female thing or male thing. Um, but also, there, I, I, don't, I don't think you could really compare it either. Like yeah. the sport is, there are so many different, it's just, it's a big, it's, it's a big statement. Yeah. There's so much, so many factors, I think, um, just in terms of comparing different genders in the same sport at this point in time when there is just a basic inequality in everything. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the, the, the thing that's really, I've been, there's so many conversations, I don't even know where to start with yeah. this, but I think the thing about the surf industry in general, and I'm just, you know, I'm a casual observer. I'm not really, I, I try not to pay attention actually. Yeah. I try to just surf and not really, but it, you know, the conversations kind of, they're there. Um, but I think it, there is a kind of, it, it seems really myopic in the way it approaches a sport, not just in the gender thing, but even the monetization of yeah. the sport. And, you know, I just think it, I mean, I'm not an expert in the WSL or all the governing bodies or how it works from even like local competition levels, but it just feels like it's not, um, I don't know, it's 
in a way that no. makes sense. And, you know, all the things that come up, like even saying, you know, remember when Carissa Moore started yeah. um, getting all her sponsorships that were outside of the Surfing, like and, Target and, all, and, and Red Bull like, oh and all that. Oh, my God, this is like, whoa. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> Duh, like, what athlete in any other sport? <laughs> like it, Slater wasn't really getting anyone outside of surfing very rarely. Uh-huh. You know, in his prime, like, it was all surf brands that, that mainly supported him. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't until later in his career where you went to GoPro or... Daphne's Greek restaurant, which is a real weirdo of the sponsor, by the way, for Slater. But, um, you know, get it where you can. That's right. Well, you know, he likes the hummus. Um, but it, it, it is like, yeah, I mean, there's not that many, you know, men that are pulling sponsors from outside of surfing, but Carissa easily was, was able to, and a lot of other women surfers were. And actually, like, if you want to go back, like Alyssa Schwartzstein, Karen's, when she was on tour, she was sponsored by British Airways. There were no other surfers sponsored by British wow. Airways. Wow. You know, so I think, like, that women have had to be more resourceful uh, in terms of sponsorship and endorsement. I think that the problem with this statement is, is also, like, he's not taking into account that women have – men have had an unfair advantage in surfing over women. There have been countless more men surfing over time. Uh, and so they were able to get a leg up and they were able to, to perform at a higher level because there's a lot less women. So of course, and then on top of that, being able to surf with them, when you separate women, actually, I think the women should be surfing with the men. I do. I think like, especially in big waves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's one of the ways they're going to improve and get to that level. And, And then that, 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 uh, uh, performance barrier or that performance gap will be gone. It just takes time uh, to to get people in that level. It's like if you have a student who, you know, you have some students that may not be performing as well, but you put them in a class with the students who are, they tend to actually do better and rise to the occasion. Well, I, I don't know how to yeah. respond to that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, because I, I don't know enough to be able to speak on that. Yeah. Two things prior. There are two things I want to address. The, you know, um, given that women were able to find sponsors outside of the surf world, I think is a great argument for why even today surfing, um, why we're, we're, we're ignoring women as this like way to, um, strengthen the surf community or the surf Mm -hmm. um, industry. You know, it's, it's so short sighted because it's, I mean, there's so many stories I can connect this to. So I'm going to jump to my film. Jump. Go for that it. That kind of came to me. It's And I, I still don't know where I am with it. Um, I, it's an important story and I want to tell it, but I just, I, I want to tell it properly. I want a proper budget. I want, you know, I don't want to, um, you know, I just want it to be done well. I want to show the woman in the best light in this, in, you know, in the way that it, it deserves. Um, so when I first, um, you know, Mariah was working with the Waimea yeah. women's event. Um, the, the, it would it would have made history as the first time in history that that permit was even given to the women, and it's the same as the Eddie. You know, it's the same um, requirements, and uh, but they gave it only they gave them only like a month to prepare for it, and then um, like to raise the funds to actually have the event, and then um, the window was nowhere near big wave season window. You know, I think it ended at like December first or something like that. So it was it was pretty clear that it's probably not going to happen. But there was this moment where this swell came up, and um, actually I ended up being at Keahi. But um, I went out there, 
And um, before I went, I was trying to help them also raise money with people that I knew and, you know, ad agencies and any connection I had to any potential corporate sponsor or, or a media entity. And I, I remember talking to this guy from CNN who, um, he's a surfer. And I was like, you know, this is great. And he's like, oh, this is really amazing. It's history. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we want to shoot this, tell the story, even just for a short piece. And he just was like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. But not making any of the connections why it would be mm-hmm. important or why it would be interesting for CNN to get involved. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. This is history. Like, you know this yeah, is right. history. I don't understand how you don't, you can't see that this is a worthy news piece, you know? Um, especially with the rise of big wave surfing. Forget about gender. Just that sport in and of itself. And then the fact that this is history. Just to have that. And I don't know what his role at CNN was, so, you know, whatever with that. <laughs> and then right before I was to leave, I met this woman, also at CNN. And she worked in the, to- I won't say which department, but a totally random department. When I found out where she was working, I was like, oh, yeah, you're probably not going to be interested in this. Next day, she calls me. She's, like, calling me, emailing me. She's like, I talked to my boss in my department, and we have some interest here. Like, she made wow. it happen because she understood, and she's not even a surfer. Yeah. I think her, her uh, what do you call it, um, her desk mate or whatever you call yeah. it. Um, she, she, she's like a beginner surfer and like between the two of them, they understood it. And I think, um, you know, there's so much potential for uh, sponsorship for women in surfing because the story of it's, you know, it's not about surfing essentially. Yeah. It's about women who've overcome these insane odds, um, who've worked so hard and uh, overcome them. And that's just on land. That's not even in the water. And then they're juggling all these things, and some of them are, you know, ex-athletes, I mean, um, ex-surf pros, but some of them are literally, quote, just housewives, you know, but yeah. they're, like, juggling training schedules. I mean, it's, like, Herculean, the, yeah. what, what they're uh, having to do just to surf sometimes, you know, yeah. juggling kids and jobs and whatever. And um, they, uh, oh, gosh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested in um, this... Going back to, to oh, this. Well, so anyway, yeah. my, so the idea is that it's uh, um, that the canvas of their struggles is as big as these big waves. Like, right. you know, it's just incredible that it seems so banal, like their day-to-day, like survival and trying to just do their passion, their hobby or their sport. Um, but then it's on this canvas of this, you know, Mount Everest. Yeah, breaking yeah. in. Well, so I, I mean, it's it's crazy how the the first pr- producer you met at, at CNN didn't immediately see this as like a bigger story, but it's like part of uh, what I'm understanding through um, through both this great um, piece by uh, Daniel Dwayne in the Times uh, called, uh, which we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Um, the the fight for gender equality in one of the in one of the most dangerous sports on earth, which gets into the lack of pay equity, the big wave surfing, but also some of this idea of like gets into where women belong and where they don't belong yeah. in surf, where we're allowed to take up space. Exactly, and I think that especially at the the upper echelon, um, the, the the story features, and and you're you're getting to that, and, and some of what it sounds like you're. you're the pitches here it's like there are surf venues which have been claimed by as as the most extreme dangerous places that are sort of owned by a select group of men and it's okay for women to surf at uh, other beaches smaller ways but you know uh jaws uh 
maybe parts of North Shore, Waimea, but you know, Mavericks, there's been inroads, yeah. but like it's it's a sense of where do you belong and where you don't belong. And that seems to be the like the sort of tricky thing here that people are unable like that, that this this club yeah. is unable to deal with. Well what's messed up is a lot of these surfers say it's too dangerous for them. It's too dangerous for women. But uh, I don't remember. I mean, it, I just think like how many guys have died at Maverick surfing? Mm-hmm. Sure. How, uh, Mark Fu, one of the best big wave surfers in the world, wasn't even that big of a wave. Mm-hmm. 15 foot, they were calling it, you know. Um, and it's like, duh, of course it's dangerous. That's why you do it. <laughs> like, And to say, well, it's too dangerous for women, but it's okay for men. It's like, why? Everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, one of the stories that I, uh, an interview I got was with Polly Pauline, who's mm-hmm. four foot 11, feisty. I mean, this yeah. woman, like you can't keep her, hold her back. And, um, they, I think at Waimea, they told her to, um, that they could, like, I think she had a situation and then, so they're like, it's too dangerous. You can't surf. And they literally told her she couldn't surf there and, and the lifeguards would block her. Or really? And she would have to sneak. She'd get there before. Um, the lifeguards would show up to sneak out there. I mean, she's like That's through, the, crazy. through the bushes and stuff like that, and, you know. But um, but there's so many great stories like that, and I, I do hope I I can make the the film. I think in the meantime, Sachi Cunningham, who's really deeply embedded in that community, yeah, she's making a film, and I think everyone really should support her. And, you know, what's that film? Uh, I think it's called She Change. Mm. She's, I think it focuses on um, on a uh, Muller Keala. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, Valenti and I can't remember the fourth one was. Kenley I don't know Waller. if it's Eric's Emmy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, she's, I mean, she's or so. Or Paige. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Paige. Yeah. And she's done a, a few films now about the big wave community in, up, up north. They're up, up around yeah. Mavericks. I think one with Greg Long. And she's a veteran and she's a. Yeah, she's someone I, I've known since college, and oh, she, wow. she's the one who got me on the five jars trip because she nice. had to cancel in the last minute. And um, yeah, and she's like really made the sacrifices, like these women, to tell their stories and document this. And I think it's really important to to support all the storytellers. Cause, yeah, I mean, even uh, this this New York Times story is just 
so amazing to wake yeah. up and see a the cover alone just blew my mind. I mean, to Did see Paige so, I mean, in command and so beautiful, like so much power and grace. And look how comfortable she looks. She just is like amazing. I mean, that's what she looks yeah. like every time she competes out there. And um, and then also is that um, mask on the yeah. cover here? Yeah. No, I think that's Perry. No, she's in full suit and boots. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> But I tell you what, the, the photographer so for this article, it. too, is like... Interesting. Oh, right? my God. Like she's, it's, not even a sur- she's not a surf photographer. That's, yeah. that's why it's so good. Yeah. You know? and, and <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing against surf photography, but it's just having that outside perspective, yeah, you know, I think yeah. is really important. Yeah. I think the storytelling. I mean, one of it's, my favorite it's the best. photographers is Gianca. She's... Yeah. Because she's um, a storyteller. So there's a lot of... She does a lot of surf photography, but there's also a lot of other things, but... The picture she did for Waimea was yeah. just amazing. The women looked like like mythological creatures. I mean, like heroes. The way she shot them was so beautiful, so powerful. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Like I I look at women women in, in big wave surfing. I watch them, and if you were to watch footage, and I, and this is not a slight. Like I don't mean to to do this, but like if you watch footage of guys, you know, uh, twenty years ago surfing big waves. Mm. They they would blow them away. They're right. blowing them away, yeah. you know. And I think it's and to be honest, like there's only a handful of female big wave surfers, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're taking just a small percentage of people. And imagine like if you had the same amount of people surfing uh, big waves, um, same amount of women surfing big waves as men, mm-hmm. they, you know, the performance barrier I think would totally change, and it wouldn't be an issue anymore. I think that time frame thing is a really interesting and important point. I would, I would imagine. That. Absolutely, it's you accelerated so quickly. It's unbelievable, and and so you're seeing that that progression. You know, and so that argument of it's too dangerous, or that they shouldn't be out there because they're not good enough. I'm like, they're surfing better than than a lot of the guys were. You know, surfing these waves 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? Also, what's interesting is that even in that article, um, they talk about how at, uh, the was it Nelson Scott yeah. um, competition was the first time before them met. Yeah, and um, I think there's something to be said when women, you know, when the community meets each other, then you're sharing resources. You're seeing, mm-hmm. you're like camaraderie, each other, the camaraderie, pushing each other exactly, and you're like learning from each other and growing and evolving. The sport evolves, you know, and yeah. I think now with more women in it, like the sport is. I mean, we see it exploding. We see it on the on the world tour. You know, there's so many amazing women surfers. Every day there's a new name that's, like, killing it. And I don't even know, like, who they are, where they came from. And, you know, it's it's really an exciting time, I think, for it, women in surfing. It's awesome. Oh, I, and yeah. to finish my thought before, I'm sorry. Finish I, it. I was, like, I'm a little nervous being on, on, uh, on, on this. On the other side. Oh, you didn't take the beta blockers? I, I talked too well uh, when <laughs> I hear you guys. Do you smoke before? Come on. <laughs> but um, the whole idea of like why I talked about the other things is, was the idea of sponsorship. Yeah. So yeah. the idea that um, the story that that this this sport and women in the sport can generate is, you know, like uh, talking to some good friends who are big in you know agency world and they're like you know with women women's sports you want to go after all these brands that have literally nothing to do with the sport that have to do with like all these values of being women especially mm-hmm. now with this message of women's empowerment yeah. and. Um, my God, that little quote in the article that was so awful that they were saying it was so key. Oh, so, well, we're going to get yeah, into yeah, that one. That's, that's up next, awful. actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're teeing us up, actually. Yeah. But, you know, that I also feel like there's um, there might be this um, resistance to progress by men. 
but that train is has already left the station and yeah. it's uh it's you know you can either be a naysayer or you could be a supporter you're a naysayer you're gonna look dumb in a few you're years you're on the wrong side of, of <laughs> yeah, history I mean, like it's a choice is you it can a matter decide of... or you know to to support it or decide to just complain about it and it's like support it why not it's it's rare that you that in in our modern history where you've seen men be like oh women don't belong and then a girl tries to do something and the guy's like yeah see i told you like it's very rare you see that like mm -hmm. the women are stepping up and proving themselves and you know it goes all the way back to you know billy jean king and bobby riggs yeah. you know it's the same stupid argument really in a lot of ways but i think there is this cultural zeitgeist right even, yeah. even when you do look at the me too movement all the things that like the things that, that the victims would say yeah. that hasn't changed. It's that now we believe that. Now exactly. we hear the language and their triggers for, oh, yeah. Well, as opposed to, well, maybe she should have this and maybe she should have that and, and all that. And I think uh, in our culture, we're just, we're shifting. Yeah. And it's interesting that you brought up tennis because I think if you look at other women in sports, they're really good kind of ways to look at um women in sports in general, like I think the, you see the, the, um, you know, the idea that if, if you build it, they will come. They will come. Yeah. And the, the, um, argument that is always railed against, um, women in sports or women in surfing is that like, well, it's the economics and it's like, yeah, it is the economics, but you're looking at the economic economics the wrong way. It's yeah. not that, you know, the men bringing in more viewership and da da da, and that's why they're, they deserve more. It's that if you put more money towards something, it, I mean, it every does. sport, there's no, there's no, you know, there's, there's, I don't know where the exception to that is, you know? Well, part of the economics, um, looping back to how athletes, surfers, especially have had financed their careers through brand partnerships, through advertisement, through image, through video going way back. And, um, it's clearly, um, when you talk about Carissa Moore and the sort of diversity of um, brands that she worked with way more than say a, a male counterpart. But um, I think the question would be um, women, what, what's being, what's being represented here? A more enlightened brand would be using the athlete's prowess, accomplishments, their character as like something to aspire to rather than the typical use of women in advertisement their sexuality, their body. Right. I think traditionally that's why Nike did so well with women, yeah. right? They, it was like all about sheer athleticism, like, you know, not dumbing it down and really taking women as athletes seriously. You know, whether it's the, the casual daily mm -hmm. jogger or the yoga person or, you know, the 10-time gold medalist athlete or whatever, you know? Well, they talk a little bit about that in the article, um, you know, especially like Carissa Moore, you know, or not in the article, um, I believe actually the WSL released a video clip for International Women's Day. I don't know if you no, saw I that. Didn't. It was a round table discussion with J uh, Jesse Miley Dyer, Carissa Moore, Lakey Peterson, uh, Courtney Conalog, and um, oh, uh, why am I forgetting her name right now? She, she's the girl from Florida, Carolyn Marks. Marks yeah. Oh my God, she's my new favorite. She rips. You know, a certain, she's Aki. She's a reincarnated Aki. 
an hour and a half into my session, yeah. her and Lakey come paddling me. No way. It was so demoralizing oh, yeah. and also thrilling. It was like, oh my god! I could, and every time I paddled for waves, it was just cringing. Like I, I could feel eyes. I'm like, oh god, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> but but what was very interesting? They started talking about how you know Carissa was told she wasn't pretty enough. Yeah. You know, and you know, especially as a teenager, you know that she wasn't up to the certain looks that the surf brands wanted to represent and all this bullshit and and it's like she wasn't being judged on her performance yes. and, and wow it's so, so frustrating I know she but, is amazing. but it's crazy like I see it even in everyday life my wife deals with this where mm -hmm. she just doesn't want to deal with politics in her office she doesn't want to deal with bullshit she just wants to be based judged right. by her work and that's it right. But everyone seems to think it's something else. It's the looks or all these other things that are important. Right. Um, but it, also, I think there's. A, it's interesting because we all also want to compare men and women as if it's a like an equal playing yeah. field, and it's like there are so many um, uh, not entitlements. What do you call it? Uh, uh, I can't think of the word. But um, well, it's just not an equal playing yeah. playing field. Yeah. Um, I think the World Cup soccer women's team, I think, is a really great example of of so many so many arguments that have been railed against women yeah. and women in sports. Um, I think in the world final in two thousand fifteen, yeah. the numbers broke every record. Yeah. And actually their final outnumbered the men's semifinals of the World Cup where they played against Germany the year that Germany won. Yeah. By triple yeah. the audience. And also, because Fox also put money towards publicizing it, so yeah. that money pays off. And um, yeah, them, Fox and Univision, I think both of them, they they did really well, and it broke records. And um, and then also the women's soccer team, the reason why they can play at that level yeah. is a direct result of Title IX in 1973. Mm. Like that enabled all these young girls to get into all these soccer programs and get scholarships. Wow! And like it really built that. And so that's why I think. Women also dominate in the international um, uh, field because a lot of countries don't have that kind of support for female athletes. And so, like, again, the money, the, po the policy, yeah. all of it to um, uh, equal the, play the, the playing field essentially built this incredible super team that, you know, was just amazing to watch also. So I want to read you an excerpt from the New York Times piece. Um, you know, and it, it's in regards to Sophie Goldschmidt and uh, the WSL's chief executive and Yikes. some of the athletes. Uh, I'm going to read it, uh, and then I want to get your take on it. Like, some, I'm, it's really interesting because it's a very interesting dynamic here that's mm -hmm. that's yeah. in work. Almost women putting women down in some ways. Yeah. Um, okay, so quote. Uh, in July, the Committee for Equity in Women's Surfing effectively declared war against the World Surf League, sending a letter to the Coastal Commission arguing that the league was in violation of state civil rights law, not just, the Ma not, not just at Mavericks, but as a California-based company in all operations worldwide. The league uh, denies that it has done anything illegal. Later that month, Sophie Goldschmidt, chief executive of the World Surf League, met with uh, Equity Women Surfing members and women big wave surfers, uh, Sabrina Brennan, Karen Tynan, Bianca Balenti, and others at a hotel near the San Francisco airport. Brennan focused on Mavericks demanding the inclusion of 10 female athletes with equal pay 
and noting that this would cost the World Surf League less than 35 grand in a contest for which it had spent half a million for one permit. Uh, according to Brennan, Tynan, and Valenti, Goldschmidt accused them of exploiting the Me Too movement and used the words poor performance to describe women's big wave surfing. They also recalled Goldschmidt's declaring equal pay out of the question, threatening to cancel Mavericks, and saying that if the World Surf League paid equally there, the league would have to pay equally everywhere. When, asked Gold, uh, when Dan Duane asked Goldschmidt over the phone about this meeting, she said it was private and that it would be inappropriate to comment. Later, the World Surf League, on her behalf, denied that she made comments about poor performance and Me Too. It's a loaded excerpt there. <laughs> Let's unpack this she, here. I mean, I I don't know how she's right now. She is right now. I mean, that uh, well, is well, heavy. Well, what's crazy is about a month later, mm -hmm. or two months later, yeah. they announced yeah. equal pay for women. Yeah. You know? And, Gloriously. Yeah. And, and they, she wouldn't give them credit yeah. at all yeah. for it. It was like, well, we met with many different groups. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, it's, it's so disappointing. Oh, I mean, even Bianca being kind of blacklisted at the Mavericks oh, event, it just broke my heart, I mean, to know, you know, I've, I've been a, a competitive athlete myself, like, you know, playing on the national level, yeah. and when you, when you know in your heart that you can perform, and you want to play, you just need to get on that field, mm -hmm. or, or w whatever it is, and they won't let you, and she's fought so hard for that, it's like, I can't imagine what that moment was, I mean, like, they said in the article, she sat there in her car, and just, like, broke down, and I, feel, I felt that, you know. I wonder where that pressure is coming from internally, if it is. Because if that's the their CEO saying that, it, and it just seems so, I mean, plain sexist, but also just, like, really out of touch yeah. in a way that an organization as big as WSL yeah. is. Mm -hmm. um, where that pressure to be so narrow um, in, in those comments and, and discriminatory is coming from if there is, or she was off the cuff. I don't, I mean, their policies reflected those comments. So. I'm, I'm curious how she's still there, uh, for one, but two, I find it really interesting because Derek Ziff, who bought the WSL, you know, his, it was his wife who actually is the one who had the interest in surfing and had really pushed for this. And she's been heavily involved with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I'm like curious what she thought of it too. Like, it's it's I mean, to say of all things the me too. I mean, like if the, you can say anything, but that's such a specific thing. That's like that's about possible rape and you know sexual yeah. harassment, abuse, violence against women. Like, how do you even how does that even come out? I know, and then to say poor performance yeah. as the other is like salt in the wound yeah. and. You know, and I think it's it's unbelievable that she doesn't have that understanding or or the tact to hold that thought back, like yeah. to not know better than to not say that. Oh my god! <laughs> so there, so there is there has been some progress uh, legislatively on this front. Yeah. Uh, California Assembly Member Tasha Boehner Harveth of the Surf Heavy Seventy Sixth District, north of San Diego. Introduced, introduced a bill last month to the state assembly that requires sports prize equity for male and female participants on all public lands in California. Uh, this obviously is important because surf contests in California are all on public land require permits to, to operate. Uh, the bill, uh, this is the press release I went on um, onto the, on the assemblywoman's site and it was 
she cited the Committee for uh, Equity and Women Surfing as helping for the equal pay for equal play bill. Mm -hmm. So, so we have legislative change, but obviously what we're talking about here in her comments is cultural, mm -hmm. and, and that, that was from a woman. Mm -hmm. yeah. We don't have her here or them to respond to this conversation, but from your perspective as a filmmaker, female surfer, I, a, a there, is it inevitable that we, I mean, that's, that's, how are we progressing on a, on out in the water culturally so that the brands and the organizations that support the sport and in a way reflect the culture uh, are changing to just keep up, you know, keep up with what's right, keep up with what's good for the market. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if they don't keep up, I mean, you, you already see it in, you know, in the industry, it's like, it's, there's so many things coming up. Right. And so the the WSL is trying to like, you know, even the longboarding movement, right? Like how long has that been around? And now they're starting to kind of have those competitions as part of the WSL event. It's like, you know, I think there's a lot that, that, um, I don't know, maybe an organization when it's bigger, it's hard, harder for it to, you know, shape shift and, and pick things up that quickly. Like they have to kind of build in all these mechanisms, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know much about the WSL. I don't, I follow the events when someone texts me and says it's on. Otherwise, I don't. You know, I just don't have the time to. I would love to. Trust me, I love sports. I would sit and watch every sport all the time. But, um, but I think uh, there's there's so much. You know, and and it's. I try not to be in a place of just constantly complaining about things because I know things are much harder to do. Like you know, you you know from organizing yeah. events in New York, you know it's just like oh it's a one day event, but it's like oh it took me a year to organize it, <laughs> yeah. and then everyone's got some complaint, and you're like oh my god, yeah, we right. we have oh, no gosh. money to do this, and we're trying so hard, yeah. and we love this what we do, mm -hmm. and someone's always trying to find something, mm -hmm. and it's just like oh my yeah. god, and it feels really, but as this kind of governing body of surf that's supposed to be the world surf league and not also have representation of yeah. the world. You know, it's like the world is not just Australia, Hawaii and California, you know? Yeah. And, um, did you ever feel the, this discrimination and sort of negative, uh, energy and, and barrier when you were starting out surfing? Um, yeah, no, yes and no. I mean, I think, you know, I think when you're, when you're still learning, I don't know. I don't, I don't here and there. It wasn't like all pervasive, but I also have never backed down from, you know, because I've always been an athlete and when like, I've always been very adamant about claiming my space as a woman of color, as a, um, as an athlete, you know, always kind of being relegated to the side and I'm dying to play. I love to play. I love to play sports. I like, you know, and even in school, I remember, you know, when they pick teams and if I didn't get picked, I, I was just like chomping at the bit and I was just like, I'm going to show all of you, you know? So, you know, I, and I feel, I don't know, I feel, I just feel very confident, but I know a lot of women don't feel confident. And so, um, sometimes there's that like tinge of, um, bullying culture in the water Yeah. and yeah. it's not, it's, you know, of course women that we're, we might be more susceptible to that, but it definitely cuts across. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I find that it's, like, my mission as a woman of color in the water to push back. And also, yeah. you know, sometimes there have been, like, bad situations, and I'll just, like, I'd, I'd rather just not deal with it and just paddle to another break. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to paddle right next to you, and I'm just going to be right there. I'm right. just going to yeah. be sitting right there. And um, I've, I've, I remember during um, the election, the, yeah. the, the Trump election, 
God, I can't believe I just said his name. <laughs> I haven't said his name Drumpf. in a long time. Drumpf. I just called him the orange guy, whatever. Um, I remember thing, uh, going to this break, and there, you know, there like always has a local vibe to it when the uh, swell gets bigger. And um, and these guys come out, and they're so just obnoxious to everybody. And they're just like cackling and like you know yelling at everyone and dropping in on everyone. I mean, just everything. And it got to a point where it got so bad. And usually I'd just be like, you know what, I, this is my time. I just want to surf. I'm going to go somewhere else. But it was during that time when, when there was so much bullying happening. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, like as in land, I would not let that kind of behavior mm. go. I mean, of course, barring my own safety, you know, and I just felt like I had to say something. Also, when, when actually it was provoked and then I lost my shit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I should say. Go on. Oh, I really lost my shit. Yeah. Do you, was it screaming lost shit or busting out fins lost shit? I screamed. I mean, I, I was following the guy and his like. Nice. For you. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's another part to that story that I I can't say because Fair it's enough. not good. But. Uh, right. You were already <laughs> sort of in a place where uh, you had a zero tolerance policy for bullying. Really. At, yeah. at, at the highest level, and and you felt that vibe out there. And, yeah, and, and, and also these guys are good surfers. Like, yeah. There's no yeah. need to do that. If if there's a kook in the water, yeah. and they're endangering someone, you just tell you tell them once. If they ignore it, then then you have. But it was just like just going up to everyone and yelling at them. You Ugh. get out of here. You get out of here. And it's just like, who do you think you are? And they're all, you know. Actually, I'm, I'm gonna like never, you don't have to name names. never be able to surf anywhere again. But okay. anyway, so it's okay. You have to name names. Anyway, there or were guys, you and there were guys of all different ages, and yeah. that was another thing that was really um, disheartening. Like the the elders, it was like, oh really? You, you guys are letting these young yeah. punks and and like laughing with them, and it was like, this is so fucked up. This is really not right. Like this, you know, and I don't know. There's, do you, there's do you, some of that. Do you think that? Um, with that that scene aside, um, I always like to think that like a, a more diverse crowd, especially uh, gender wise, would tempers that sort of bullshit nature that surfers have, and and there's this it sort depends. of it, yeah, like, everyone right, right, has exactly. such different I've, dynamics, I've right? That, yeah, and that's the yeah. beauty of mm-hmm. actually surfing because it's yeah. like there when you go out for your session, there's like this dynamic of all these different. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Personalities and people, and, you know, and. Like you can, you can feel it out, right? Yeah. I've I've been out with this guy, who uh, he's, I used to see him out more. I haven't seen him in a while, but I think he has Tourette's. Yeah. And it was like really uncomfortable being out there. But after a while, I was like, well, if he doesn't have this outlet, like 
thank goodness he has this. Yeah. What if he didn't? You know, and then so it's like, all right, this is our community. You know, yeah. like I just hope he doesn't punch someone because it felt really violent, like just his verbal, you know, tirade. It wasn't really Tourette's. He was just angry. <laughs> I thought for a second, I was like, oh, that's his Tourette's. It happens, you know. Yeah. But oh. But like for example, if you go to um, there's one break in in Long Beach where I don't know if you know Marge. Uh, yeah, yes, I March do. Is yeah. Yes. And yeah. if she's in the water, there's law and order. There's no, <laughs> nobody's acting out of turn. She's the best. Like, so it depends on the dynamic of who's in the water and, you know. Do, do you feel like it's, it's improved over, over time? Do you see a, a, a clear difference from when you started? Um, I don't know. It really depends. Really? It really depends. More women in the water, at least, yeah, you, can, you can see. Yeah, that's you know, true. That's very visible that's and very true. clear. Um, I find, in Rockaway at least, I think it's tends to be a little bit more balanced in the water. And I, I find the, the guys that, that I surf with at least to be much more courteous and not, not too aggro. Except for Jeremy Dean. I don't know, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, you do. You know, my I know boy, my you know my boy, Jeremy. Oh, I know. The paddle battler. <laughs> you remember that, that one that day? That one day. That was so funny. <laughs> he was getting was, so angry. Oh, my God. It was, was so funny. He was, was funny. That's he not was, his personality. Fair. I'll do his imitation. Oh, my God. It was so Man, funny. it's always people out there. It's always people just taking off, and they're not even dropping it. They're dropping it, and they're falling. It's ridiculous. Exactly how I sound. That's what exactly what he was saying. Go back and hear him on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but every time he would take off, then he would like. Uh, I think he would wipe out every time, or something. Would, it was almost like um, Murphy's Law. Yeah. Like every time he like, no one was dropping in on anyone except for. Yeah. Oh, because he kept paddling around everyone. <laughs> so it's my buddy. He's so like the my best friend. That was so funny. Like I was just laughing my head off because. You know, when you see someone having a meltdown and you're like, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Like we're all having fun out here, actually. It was a fun day. It was like one of the first, like, it was like April or like, yeah. you know, where it was the first time where we weren't in, you know. Full gear. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. It was sunny. I remember that day so well. I remember being slightly embarrassed. <laughs> oh, you brought this. Yeah. I was just like, oh, and I saw Karen. I was like. Sorry, so, I haven't ever apologized to you for him. Actually, <laughs> going going back to your your the the, the film pitch, the, the concept that you're developing, and I think is a context which is important uh, to all of this, a historical context. Uh, and um, and I was reminded reading again, we're we're, we're standing on a Daniel Dwayne's piece in the Times uh, last month, but. Um, that there have been big wave chargers on the North Shore since the late 50s, right? When yeah. essentially big wave surfing came online, yeah. right? So he, uh, in the story, I was reminded of Linda Benson, Mar uh, Linda Margo Benson and Margo Over, and like they were pioneers in this and, and clearly underrepresented. I'm not, the history, the surfing history buff sitting to my right. <laughs> but but yeah, maybe, but maybe perhaps like a reminder that, that, this that there have been these sort of godmothers of this sport already. Yeah, that I mean, this whole concept's not so crazy. Yeah, yeah. I but, mean the Hawaiian tradition period of surfing. Yeah, it's always been women and men, yeah, both you loyalty know. and and you know plebs. It was, it was everyone you know in between, and it was part of the culture. But what's interesting is is Linda Benson and Margot Over and all of them had to deal with major sure. misogyny yeah. and in the form of Buzzy Trent, who was like the king of big wave surfing at that point. And 
one of the gnarliest guys around. And he wrote a whole article basically saying women should not be in the lineup. They shouldn't be out. And he was complaining and that they're inferior. And it was unbelievable, which is, it's so amazing because if you've, because he ended up having a daughter, Mm -hmm. Anna Moore, Mm -hmm. who is the most awesome person. Mm -hmm. And she's so cool and promotes surfing Mm -hmm. so heavily and is uh, really a wonderful keeper of, uh, not so much her father's legacy, but of uh, uh, Bud Brown's actually filmmaker, mm-hmm. uh, you know, early filmmaker and pioneer. So it's it was really I love the irony there too, yeah. you know. But it's it those women had to deal with so much bullshit. It's crazy. But I think you see that too now in the yeah. industry, right? All the Groms coming up. I think there's a bigger number of, of female Groms coming up in Australia. It's awesome in competition, and you can mm-hmm. see all those guys. You can imagine all of them having daughters and just loving the surf and just yeah, not like you you know how could you not want like you love your child yeah and you know and this thing that you love the sport this hobby, you know, how, how do you, how would you not want to translate that? And I think it changes a lot of people, you know, it, it, it does. And also I think it's a, it's obviously a generational thing and every generation, yeah. I think it's, it's getting better. And when I like see my nephew and niece and, and I talk to other kids and I see kids, you know, it, they don't see the gender as much. It, it's not as there. They all go surfing together, guys and girls, and they all promote each other and pump each other up. And it's less, less of a division you know and i remember like when i was a kid doing the esa like the girls divisions were it would end up being mostly one heat you know and now you know nyc does a king and queen of the beach and both have like like full days of competition now it's unbelievable <laughs> I, I did count the athletes listed on the wsl uh, website and on the tour they have 30 uh, 37 men and 20 women yeah, both of them should be cut. <laughs> no, seriously. It's too much in general. That's it is. Comment. It's yeah. too much. You know, the guys should be down to 16 and the women should be 16 and that should be it. And you can <laughs> you can run a whole contest on one swell then. And then you've, you've gotten rid of the whole, you know, the whole argument there and the imbalance. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There so, you go. so, but some, some of it, and I don't know if you have enough um, background in this, we were talking about pay... Uh, inequity in the in the context versus in California and this law has been brought on to, to rectify that. But I imagine the saying, you know, we hear all the time about pay inequity between men and women across all industries. Mm-hmm. And um, although funny enough it said at Google women on average were being paid more than men. Oh, wow. uh, but um, it seems like there's so much potential in particularly outdoor action sports where there could be, where this could change, maybe more than uh, in other sports. I, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert in, in, this, in this field, but you have such great individual personalities, which seem to be the container in which value is made on their story, what they're doing, the big waves, yeah. um, that th- this, could, this could really change, that, that brands could really be like, you know, you're going to be the highest paid uh, Freezer, you know, big wave, whatever it is, and and just be like, it's going to be Carissa Moore, it's going to be someone like this, and they're just going to make a statement by by doing that. I mean, I think I think it all changes on so many different fronts, right? It's not just the sport. It's and one of the one of the most amazing things about this story um, in the New York Times was the kind of coalition of people that came mm-hmm. together to make it happen. It was amazing, and they were, and 
for the most part, they were all women. And then because women have also achieved, like, you know, as a society, yeah. uh, women are bringing, in, bringing home the bacon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to have a say. Um, but also, uh, you know, as, as lawyers, as um, local politicians, representatives, um, activists, like, across the board. So they join, join forces to make this happen. Filmmakers. Like, it, it has to move in this kind of, um, mm-hmm. what do you call it? Forward? Yeah. Forward? Uh, Move forward? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like making, I'm like, making a sign of like pushing forward. It's, it's like a cross, it's like a, not a horizontal, is it a horizontal? Plow? Yeah, like plowing it. Plowing <laughs> feet? We're playing a little bit of... We're doing charades. Charades now? But it, it takes, you know, it takes uh, um, many different areas for things, these things to shift, you know, whether they be media. Um, on the policy front, um, you know, and so paving is, is just like one aspect of it yeah. and everything else is, you know, just, you know, but I think there are a lot of interesting points being made, like not just to focus only, I mean, of course it should be equal pay, but also focusing on all these other things that came up in the article that were so interesting to yeah. me, you know, um, and then also just the fact that a lot of these great New York Times articles that featured this whole Mavericks, um, uh, battle were written by men and I think that's yeah. important so like we need allies we need allies all across the board you know um again I lost my train of thought it's weird talking on this stuff. I know isn't it like so sometimes it's definitely not as natural as New Hyde Park you know <laughs> New Park Pizza but I mean so storytelling uh, just to go back to what you do you know this is your career um storytelling done by women behind the camera. We talked about Gianca Lazaro before and like uh-huh. um, having a woman capture mm-hmm. the drama mm-hmm. out in the water, important, right? Yeah, I mean, I think we just have to equal everything, you know, the um, because it's a point of view. And sometimes as women, we know things that men can't see because yeah. they are- Because uh, we're men. Well, also, there, there are privileges in place that yeah. like, sometimes if you have those privileges, and this is not just in storytelling, even even in how people perceive the sport and thinking it's already at an equal playing field, and like, look, the women aren't surfing as well. It's like there are these privileges, that's what I, the word I was trying yes. to think of before, that you don't even know you have. And when, when that happens, then, um, then the story you tell is inherently limited because you just take for granted there are these things in place. And not being able to see things that are, like, for example, my CNN thing, you know, story. Mm-hmm. It's like not being able to see, like, the value in certain things. Um, whereas women, you know, hear it. Well, it's, yeah. it's, and also have struggled that and know, know what those struggles look like and how it might translate in the world of these women, in this sport specifically. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, I think a lot of guys, because they don't experience the struggle or the difficulties, uh, you know, they're not aware of it at all. And they're not aware of the things like there are different look, levels. You could, if you're a person yeah. of color, if you're gay, like there you have you, you know. have some ideas. But like in surfing specifically, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's a lot of the times young boys who get the attention surfing, uh, and then they they get nurtured by a, a sponsor, and the parents really bend over backwards. Coaches, you know, or this trips. has been going on for a while. You know, and they get coaches, and they go on trips, and they surf, and they you know, and that's how they improve, and, and that's how they media get media clips, and that. Get sponsors because it just keeps growing. Exactly. Whereas, whereas a lot of girls in the past, at least, although I think that's changing a lot now, 
Um, but in the past, it, it, they weren't getting that attention. They weren't getting the support. And so, yeah, of course the performance standard would be lower because they're not surfing nearly as much as right. those kids are who are going on surf trips. They have their side job. Exactly. <laughs> and you, it, well, yeah, no. And, you, and then you look at the big wave surfing and like these women are working jobs, raising kids and surfing big waves. Yeah. And then you look at like some of these big wave guys who don't have families, who don't have kids and... Their only job is to chase swells. Well, of course, the performance barriers are different. Or there's someone at home who takes care of yeah. all that stuff. You know, the, those are all these reasons why performance, that explains a lot of the performance gap. And if, if they just had the same opportunities, they would be right there with them, probably. I don't think it's a, there's nothing physical that's a difference. I've seen women lift way more than I have at, the, at CrossFit, you know? <laughs> CrossFit. Like... No, I'm serious. Like, I've seen them lift way more. So it's not a physical difference. Like, I really don't think there's a real physical gap. It's made up in many ways. I mean, obviously, there are yeah. some physicalities. But well, I have one story. And, like, um, when, I, when I was still unsure about this project, um, I, you know, it was my interview with Kayla that really made me believe, like, whoa, this is a film. This is a feature film. Like, there's, this is a bigger story that really needs mm-hmm. to be told. And, and it was in this story where, um, you know, she DJs, she does all this other stuff to... To, to hustle. Yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> to to be able to surf these giant waves and to, you know, uh, you know everything that's involved in that, right? Plane tickets. Uh, and, you know, she, she's known for uh, chokes and, you know, the boats and all that stuff, right? And, um, you know, that wave that she won that big award beating out all the men that year. Yeah. The whiskey award, the barrel award. The story is unbelievable. I was on the edge of my seat. Can you share us? Some of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe if anyone is out there, you know, who has a Netflix uh, connection, I, you know, I think this is the story <laughs> of the clincher. Um, okay, so she, uh, you know, was looking at the report, you know, was trying to call it like, you know, the swell pops up. Should I go? Should I not? Should I go? It's a big expense. You know, last minute tickets upward to six to eight thousand dollars for the ticket, right? That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's like you yeah. know, for, for even just yeah. uh, anybody. Anybody, you know? Um, and then finally she decides she makes a call, she does it, she goes. She gets there. The swell is pumping. The guys are just going, going, they all have their own private boats, they've got their media teams, they got she literally just shows up and is like What's waiting. That? Yeah. You know, she's connected. She knows that she grew up, you know. So she's, like, waiting, hoping that maybe someone will, like, you know, maybe, you know. Give her a lift. Help her out. Give her a toe. Throw throw her a toe, yeah. And so the day is going, and everyone's just pumping and and just, like, wave after wave after wave. And it's everyone's, like, so stoked, and the energy is so high. And she's just seeing the sun is, like, slowly creeping downward to the horizon. And that moment... That investment to get there is like dying essentially. But the one thing she said that was um, really um, a gift in disguise is that she was able to watch that swell all day. She saw some of the wipeouts and she just like was able to just watch and study every single wave. Finally, the guys are done. They're like so exhausted, you know, they're like stoked out. They're finished. She sees one guy, she's like, come on, can you get your guy to just throw throw me into one? And um, and swells now picking up, and like oh, the wow. place is kind of emptied out. Uh-huh. Everyone's like gone, 
and then this thing comes. I can't remember the succession of it. I haven't heard the story in a while. But then she decides to take it, and it's like this monster. <laughs> and she takes it, and like the way she describes that wave, you know, like it's just yeah. it. It sounds like the wave took an hour. <laughs> I think there's a really good TED talk that has her describing oh, yeah. that too. Yeah. I heard yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't heard the Total TED talk. For our listeners, you know, yeah. if you guys want uh, TED talks, Kiala Kenyon. But I thought in that story was is such a kind of classic story of what, what women have to do. We sometimes we're just like waiting for like sometimes it's like the scraps, right? And and what we can make out of that, out of yeah. sheer like hunger. And, and also, she's just made out of a different cloth. She's got, like, ovaries of steel that nobody has. <laughs> I mean, what she does... Dude, she... Oh, my God. So, but I was Not only... Yeah, go on. Sorry. I was interested that she... The, the patience part, right? Oh, the observation yeah. that, that yeah. not being front-loaded to get in, like, with, in the mix mm-hmm. and doing the rounds with the rest of the guys, she watched it and was mm-hmm. able to go even bigger and better... And when you see a picture of that wave, yeah. it's like, it makes me sick. It's so <laughs> intense. Like, and, and you see the teeth coming out of it and, oh my God. And she can describe every single little adjustment she made along the way wow. and, you know, and all the senses dropping out. And I mean, the way she describes it, it really sounds like that the wave took an hour, but you know, it's like this, but yeah. she, that time just kind of stopping where she sings Slows and down. sees how the wave is like, does that kind of turn and how she's being just I, it makes me, you know, I, I think I told you how I never yeah. wanted to make a surf film because I never wanted to have to decide whether I should surf or not. Yeah. And this is kind of like... <laughs> well, in big waves, that you're just sitting there like, like no. <laughs> So you're good there. <laughs> Although when I hear the women talk and you make hear, you hear all their little, like, you know, tips. I'm yeah. Because, like, you know, it's about any sport, right? It's about breaking it down. You don't go at it. And, and you're, you excel at it the first yeah. time you do it. It's just like all these little things. So then, you know, like when you're out in big surf, sometimes you don't even know it because you're just like working things out. You're like mm-hmm. watching this. You're like, and so you're thinking of all these different things. You're not thinking of holy shit because you're busy working. You're doing stuff yeah. that you learned and conditioned and, you know, you just know things, you yeah. know, as opposed to just fuck, look at the size of this thing. Yeah. I would, there's uh I was looking at uh, another big wave uh, this this past month. I'm gonna botch this wonderful French name, Michelle de Bouillon. Uh, her ride at Nazare, epic. And um, again, oh my God. A, again, another stage. name I don't I don't know. Like, yeah, this is yeah. amazing. Every day there's a new name from a different country too. Right, French French mm-hmm. surfer uh, at what is I guess you know the the the, the latest big stage. Wow. You know, it's the biggest stage. She's not the only woman, right? I can't even look so, at that way. Yeah. That's so scary. I can look at the way. I, I just <laughs> can't look at the inside. Oh my god, that foam <laughs> ball. The scares. inside. It's just like stuff of nightmare. Have you seen that footage of Ross Clark Jones? No. You know, escaping through the rocks. Got pushed into the inside, broke his leg, no. and climbed his way out. No. Oh, wow. Yeah, no. I don't like that. I don't like that. He looked, drunk. He looked punch drunk. Oh, my God. <laughs> when I just see the white water, that scares me alone. I just think, how do you even, how do you escape that? It's just, you know, when you're, when there's a lot of white water, you can't do anything. You're completely, you know, rendered powerless, and you can't get up high enough to get air. Yeah. Like, that scares me. When I just see how big that foam ball is chasing them, yes. like, oh, my God. Well, you know, Maya Gabara, you know, when she right. got oh, really yeah. heavily injured there, yeah, you know, nearly died. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, 
That was a huge wave. Do you think that there's going to be an unfair reaction that inevitably women they've got they've got hurt just like men because they're charging on these huge waves and there'll be a huge there'll be this I told you so you know I think we're past that we're past that yeah I think when Laird of all people spoke up who's you know the the voice of big wave surfing you know and everyone was like ah you know right it's like the new guard like you know I I think he was kind of dismissed as like you know you're you're (laughs) (laughs) oh you look stupid you know, yeah, and that's, and what, that's what I mean. Like, either the, the, the train has left the station. You yes. can either support it or you can be a naysayer. And then at the end of the day, like, progress is moving in this direction. Yeah. Like, or just don't say anything at all. Like, you don't need to say anything. I mean, I understand your concern, like, but there's a kind of, like, it's kind of patronizing, right? Mm-hmm. It's well, like, it, there was an interesting quote in, in the article by Carlos Burrow and why men um, react the way that it is. I'm trying to find it here because it was really interesting because uh, he said, and I felt it was a little bit weird uh, statement, I have to admit, but um, it was really interesting and telling. Like, uh, I'm trying to find this. Where are you? Uh, but Carlos Pro basically said, like, because, you know, guys, you know, it's a real machismo thing to prove yourself in big waves and, you know, to be doing that, you're... Um, you know, proves your manhood and all that. And then all of a sudden a woman comes along and does it. And all of a sudden you don't feel, yeah, robbed right. of them. you know, or that some insecure guys feel, feel robbed or feel like it's less than right. now all of a sudden and not as uh, great a feat, which is bullshit, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's, it, it is a bit weird that, that there's a, that insecurity. And then there, and I guess that explains why some guys maybe surf big waves yeah. is because of certain <laughs> insecurities Maybe. Certain, certain, you know, uh, girth or length that might be too small. I'm just saying, but hey, it's not all about that. <laughs> but Freud would argue there's a deep seated subconscious. I'm talking for the guys, you know, like, but yeah, it's it's. Um, I, I, if I could introduce a bit of my life experience in that reflected what was sort of an old boys club. I, I, I went to this canoe camp in Northern Canada that was all boys. And Aww. then it, it became co-ed in like 20 years ago. And there was a lot of resistance, of course, bringing in women. And it's a pretty macho place. You're going out for weeks on time at, at a time in the wilderness and for young men, um, and now young women, it, it, but it was this really sense of like becoming a man in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And what happily it's has, developed is that the young men are still having that I'm becoming a man in the wilderness Mm -hmm. yet parallel to that are women Mm -hmm. having their own rites of passage Mm -hmm. and their own development in that setting Mm -hmm. and you know not not taking away with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From what, for a young person's development of being like testing themselves and all that. And the, and the girls are having their own version. And it and it's like, it seems to be a good, a good uh, of course, but like initially there was such a worry about detracting from the experience if you had women on, at the camp doing some more. Because then boys can't just be boys. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think, um, you know, there's also that human nature element of it. Like why, why is there, like it seems like humans need to define ourselves, maybe because we're social animals, but mm-hmm. we're, defining ourselves against other people. We always have to compare. Yeah. And so whether we, we choose gender as that delineation or race or nationality or class or like whatever it is, yeah. it's like always like having to create this sense of other to, to, to create your own value or your, like to define yourself yeah. through that as opposed to defining yourself through, um, Something well, your internal belief in yourself yeah. as opposed to you have to right. use all these other people to figure out who yeah. you are. Or you know? our inherent connection, our humanity, yeah. our shared humanity. Humanity, I think, is, uh, you know, what we're trying to, you know, our connection, like compassion, right? That's yeah. the, the ultimate goal. But uh, I think, uh, I don't know, it's, it's funny seeing, being in this time with this political situation and everything that he represents and seeing kind of like this, all of this, um, the old guard, all their stuff surfacing. Yeah. And the um, change is hard for a lot of people, especially when you think again, back to um, the idea of uh, uh, like status quo or um, uh, why do I keep forgetting this name? Um, This word. Privilege. 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 Yeah. Yeah. This idea of privilege that you don't, think of it as privilege because you think it's just the status quo. Like, of course, this is how it is, mm-hmm. but it's like not understanding that it's not like that for other people. And I, I can imagine how that could be a breakdown in terms of your worldview. If everything you know, I mean, just even take gentrification, yeah. for example. Like, mm-hmm. I go to parts of the city, you know, all the places I've grown up, and like, I don't recognize any of them. My parents came from like a war-torn country, and they yeah. go back to Korea, and they're just like, uh, you know, I the first time they went back, they're like, I don't even recognize any street, and that must be so disorienting. And yeah. I imagine even like old people in New York, right? You go to the places that you know, and where where it's connected to memories of people, mm-hmm. and it's so disorienting because you're like, I, it's like dream state, right? You're like, yeah. this is kind of familiar, but this is not, and like, what, how that must shake your sense of like reality and your sense of like your life, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you've been taught always that you're who you are, it's is this thing and it's unquestionable and all of a sudden <laughs> there is a question mark to it and yeah. it's relative to a the oppression of other people or you know all these privileges that you've had then I think for some people it's really earth-shattering you know their whole literally their sense of reality and um, their relationship to everything yeah I mean it's it's I would I would use as an example for 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 me to understand uh, is surfing is not what it looked like 20 years ago or when I was growing up and there's a lot more crowds and uh, there's a lot of stuff that I would have deemed kooky or hokey that everyone does now. And it's different, you know, and you know, but you, you, you know, if you're caught in this rigid mindset, you 
fight it and you become grumpy and you start to bitch and complain and you, you become that grumpy local who's upset with everyone. And, you know, and that's kind of a similar kind of disorienting feeling, I guess. And And guess who it distracts the most for (laughs) you. Exactly. (laughs) They're having fun. They don't know. They don't care. Exactly. Um, just to get back to that quote real quick, I just wanted to do it justice. So Guevara's tow partner, Carlos Burrow, saw something else work. Growing up poor in Brazil and told all his life that he was foolish to dream of, of pro-surfing, he identified with women who resisted efforts to define what they could and could not achieve. The persistence of those male efforts, in Burrow's view, had to do with big wave surfing's role as a proving ground where men strive to establish manhood. If you're proving yourself stronger than other men, and then comes a woman and starts to do what you're, whatever you're doing, Burl told me, maybe that's diminishing your right. achievement. Mm-hmm. And that's like the viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to get that correct yeah, and not yeah, say yeah. anything, you know, put Burl in a, right. in a bad position right. there. But I think, and, you know, it's interesting because it's like, why should what someone over here is doing, like, detract right. from what you're doing? Yeah, it's still and an accomplishment. Also, you know, to the Brazilians, like, you know, I also interviewed Suellen, um, yeah. who's Wiggly's sister, and I also interviewed him. And, he was Dantes? amazing. Oh, no way. The way he supports, the way he loves his sister so That's much awesome. and the support that he has for her and for, for, I think he started a girls competition in their hometown because nice. he wanted, he wanted so deeply for, because for him, his dreams was so, was everything, right? Yeah. To be on tour, to surf and to compete at that level. And he, and he knows that that's also his sister's dream and he wanted that for her as well. So that oh. he went back and like did that in, in their community and it just was like, Oh my God! It, you I know, had no clue. Yeah, that's like action speaks louder than words. Like, and it comes from again. Like, if we see, it's like our sisters, our mothers, our daughters. Like, it's it's all a part of us. So mm-hmm. this idea of this gender gap is so silly. You know, it's like we're literally stronger <laughs> together. I mean, even if you're in a household and you're. Yeah. You're equal, like if you're bringing both bringing home the bacon, you're both stronger for it. You know, it's like you're both healthy people and doing what you love, and you're both like contributing in this beautiful way. To and it should not diminish what you do, you know. And like I'm glad to admit, like my wife is the breadwinner in our family, you know, and I I love it. I think it's great. I want to encourage her more. She. <laughs> I'm sure you do. No, no, I, it doesn't diminish what I do at all. I still get full gratification of my, my work. And, you know, and she, you know, the only thing is she, she would rather me actually support her probably, but, but no, it's like, I don't think it's threatening at all. And I don't see why it should be That's threatening. That's another shift now. I hear that a lot. And so like women are, are when women are bigger breadwinners, like then, then I imagine that surfing is just a, a, a kind of um, a representative of, all these other things happening yeah. in life and I mean in real life and in, in the outside world yeah. where also those things become very uncomfortable points for men who uh, might have felt their power in, in relationships because of you know the being able to support yeah, yeah. yeah. and so of course speaking in, in, in hetero situations mm-hmm. yeah you know you, Tyler, you just have to look good in a bathing suit <laughs> yeah get on my that's right just gotta keep my body tight yeah, and and just give massages every night, <laughs> which is what I do. <laughs> Karen, you keep us keep us up to date on your doc. Yeah. And well, I, you know, right now it's really on pause because I have so many other projects that I need to finish, and uh, you know, I just uh, I, I I can't. 
I, for me, my narrative films are really the thing that I'm trying. Like this year yeah. was a really um, the last year has been really um, difficult, and and I had to ask a lot of like hard questions and kind of start limiting myself. To, you know, and, and the way this came to me just landed on my lap, and now I just feel like if the time is right, it'll yeah. the momentum will be there. Uh, maybe this is it, but. Uh, um, I really need to kind of focus on my narrative stuff, finish this other documentary that I need to deliver. and um, you know. If there are any people out there who work at Netflix or <laughs> Vimeo or anywhere, Hulu, you know, or, or Hulu or whatever, Karen's got a great story here, people. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, support it. It would be great as a series. You oh, know? gosh, yeah. Are you kidding? It would be great. I'm surprised like Red Bull hasn't really dove as heavily into that they as were much. the ones who actually um supported they, the first one they are no 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 they they are that's why i'm surprised they haven't really uh pushed forward with more still don't media. understand how those drinks make so much money no. oh they do they cost like five Which cents to make really in market so, do you know anyone who drinks that stuff? yeah <laughs> I used to I used to work for Red Bull. I used to drink like ten cans a day. I think Can I you imagine back that? in the day, like before my teeth hurt listening. <laughs> oh, it was so good, <laughs> so bad, oh, so good. Well, next time, I definitely. I mean, I, I want to talk also about this whole plastic pollution thing because I think uh, that's yeah. really at the forefront. That, that was the sound from the top of, uh, of the show. Oh of man! Yeah, you know, I'm going to be in the hot seat for that one. Topic. You know, I'm in the hot seat for that. Glitter, 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 oh, glitter, right. glitter sunscreen. Right. We don't hate you. Sunscreen. Yeah, oh, with wow. glitter. It can, but don't they make glitter that's not? They are making bio glitter. Mm -hmm. The I'm sure everyone really wants to hear this now, but it um, is no, but it is important because there are, it is about design change. So, so there are there is bio glitter out there. There's a few different kinds. Uh, there's one made of glass. Mm -hmm. That one fucking hurts. To put on. <laughs> I tested it. It burns. Glass on your why? Why would you put glass in anything? Well, it's like sand. I mean, you break glass down, it turns to sand, right? You know, that's what sand. That's what glass is made of. <laughs> so, is sand, and so, um, so you break it down, and, it, and it's in fine material, but it didn't feel good. Then there's another one that's made from like a um, uh, from a wood, from like a bamboo, uh, and it feels kind of grainy on wow. your skin. Exfoliation. Yeah, right. There you go. There's one that uh, that we're starting to work with actually. That is um, that is a starch based. Mm -hmm. So you can use corn or potatoes mm -hmm. to make it, but it, it does take a little longer to break down. But it will break down. But that's good. That at least you yeah. are thinking of those design solutions, and I think that's important. That's where the Our, solutions have to come. It's because people responded, right. and we we heard them, and mm -hmm. that's that's clearly a need. But it's it, with plastic, like it's. So pervasive yeah. and so hard, and I honestly and too cheap to buy. I honestly don't know how we get out of it, other than design our way out. Design and policy, yeah, it has to yeah. come from it's yeah. cheap. upstream solutions. Yeah. I heard some crazy statistic, like it costs like thirty-two dollars for. I can't remember how many tons of plastic bags, um, yeah. but the cleanup of that costs like forty-eight thousand dollars. So the the idea that it's cheap is such a fallacy. Yeah. It's like production. Right. Right. But like if you take it, if you account for the cost of it, like the entire cycle of it, then it's really not that, not we cheap don't at all. So if we put like a tax, yeah. yeah, like on plastic products of the, the actual. bag tax perhaps? I don't know. You know, I feel like people are, people you know. love taxes. I mean, yeah. you see, there are other countries, like China has a, a no, like a plastic bag ban, but somehow they can't, they just can't regulate it. They can't. It's hard. Yeah. And um, I think, I mean, I, I don't understand why we don't 
have like some kind of uh, microscopic chips or something like that, like the DNA of like plastic, so that we know the source of it. Because mm. I think that the the idea, the model that like uh, a company can create a product and the product you buy, but that packaging that it comes in is not part of what they're giving you. Like that, they should still be held accountable for that. I think that model has to change. And so if we can, you know, now when you see plastic mm-hmm. in the ocean, it's broken down. You can't see the brand yeah. often. And I think if we can, if somehow in the plastic, I mean, this is my own, this, this is, is your I, film. Five jars yeah. has nothing to do with yeah. this. This is yeah. my own like wonky idea. Jumping on the, a brand audit of, of yeah. the trash in the water. Yeah. So they do some great things and um, they are, uh, they've got. The name, name the organization again. Five Gyres, which I don't know if you know, that's actually it's the name some... of the those currents and all the oceans of, uh, on the planet where all the plastic is being collected and uh uh, or the smog of the sea mm-hmm. sometimes helps uh, um, describe because it's not really like sometimes there are pieces of plastic but a lot of it's just broken down like if you go out there yeah. it doesn't look like nothing yeah nurdles mm-hmm. a lot of nurdles um, it doesn't look like there's plastic out there until you start you know taking samples and it's like full of plastic but um, I think uh, they're, they have some really interesting you know right now I feel like in so many areas of our culture mm-hmm. our society things get changed because of data and it's also um, where value is right that's yeah. like what Facebook is all about like there's so many companies even Amazon like they're almost like they're in the data business like of course all the stuff that we buy they're figuring out like what sells the best and then like that one item and then they make they make that same item cheaper put it out on the market yeah I know and, but it's but I think it's a shifting you know like everything now it's not necessarily about the product you put out right it's yeah. like the transactional fees and the idea of data all the data that you can collect so I think it's interesting to apply that to plastic pollution yeah so they have um, these a series of citizen science efforts that they've come up with that's tested over the years like they've done expeditions all over the planet all these different bodies of water and um, I think one of the, the the biggest success is that they did with a coalition of other organizations with the whole microbead campaign. Yeah. Because they found microbeads in the water uh, in the Great Lakes in high numbers. And they went to these companies and said, hey, you guys need to stop. And they're like, that's not ours. This is, it could be this, that, you know, typical yeah. kind of response. Until they took it in the lab and referenced uh, their pro- those products, as those beauty products, and even the toothpaste, right? Yeah. Um, and then they were able to make identical matches. And then so they were able to um, create a bill that first passed in California. Mm-hmm. And then um, by a bipartisan like, vote, it got presented to Obama where he signed out, signed away 2015 Microbeads uh, Free Waters Act. Right. Nice. So policy changes does, you know, so now it's not a lot. It, it does make huge changes. And um, there's one of their citizen science efforts is like beach cleanups. And imagine if we can unleash like everyone who does a beach cleanup. Yeah. It's not just about cleaning it up, but then using the garbage as data and seeing mm. what kind of garbage, uh, what kind of plastic it is, and then also if there are any brand identifiers, because that's a really big source of change. Mm-hmm. If you can call out to a company and say, hey, this is yours, and, and you're the biggest polluters, then they they will actually respond because it's, you know, nobody likes bad mm. press, but also, you know, there's so many factors to it, and they actually make changes. Part of that would you would be changing how our economy works too mm-hmm. in the sense of maybe we have more more shared economy mm-hmm. as opposed to owning a product because the companies once they sell the product yeah it's on the that's on the person who bought right. it that's not right. on them exactly. 
But if you make it so it's a shared economy or something where you you don't fully own it outright, but you have to at least return it for recycling purposes or whatever, then that would create a much better uh, response and it would make these companies responsible for cleaning up their products also, that they put out there. Also, there's an interesting model that's come up by this company called Loop, and they've gone to all the big, like Procter & Gamble's and mm -hmm. all those companies, where they have this packaging that gets sent Swamp. back and forth. It's like this beautiful stainless steel yeah. package. And it, it's so interesting because to me it makes complete sense because then you're it's inherently like there's brand loyalty there. Yeah. If that person's got that package, you're gonna like constantly go back to that source to get that refilled. So it it could potentially be totally really locks you in. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's uh, there's a lot to be said for um, uh, you know a, a lot of a lot of the methods that Five Jars has, yeah. and that's one of them. And I think they're coming up with something uh, that they're testing out in LA where they're creating these kits that they nice. can have people all over the world use to take the data, do their trash cleanups, and um, do all these kind of um, uh, accumulative data around the world so that they can begin to make those, um, present those, you know, that data to corporations, to public policymakers, and make some big changes. Awesome. When do we get to see this film? This is coming uh, out in conjunction soon. with the... Yeah, uh, we, have, we still have yeah. uh, some... Uh, we just presented it to this... Um, this private event, and we still have some edits that we need to do, but uh, hopefully soon. If it does not work, maybe <sighs> we can do a screening. Oh, yeah. September. Yeah. And, you know, it was very intentional to do this film as a, it's, it feels very utilitarian because we want, we really wanted to do something that was solutions-based. I think yeah. there's enough trash porn out there yeah. that we, you know, like you've, we've seen it all. We've seen the turtle with the straw in the yeah. nose and the, you know, the, oh. we've seen all of it. It's horrific. Yeah. You know, that, that yeah. wave that, Slater posted, right? Yeah. In, in, the, in the DR of trash, it like, literally yeah. was like a way. But that, to me, that doesn't make, make create action. Mm -hmm. You know, it's showing people a path it's forward on how to act mm -hmm. and to behave. That's going to, that's, that's much more motivating than just seeing it. it. You see it, you feel more depressed and yeah. feel kind of hopeless. Very hopeless. As opposed to, no, we can do this, this, and this to right. fix this and that. That makes it better. But, with that, we do have to end, Karen. Uh, our our timing is up. Um, thank you so much for joining for us. We really Thanks, appreciate Karen. it. Yeah. It's like such a great conversation. I hope I finished my ideas. I feel like I was like talking in circles. No, and I no. Lost the well, we'll get you back on again. You know, so that would be great. Uh, thank you, Karen. Thanks, guys. And Ben, thank you. Thank you, Tyler. And to our listeners, thank all of you. We appreciate you guys listening in, and of course. Uh, like us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow us on all these different channels through Spotify, drop us a comment, say hello, go to the website, say, hey guys, you're doing a shit job, or hey guys, you're doing a great job. We'll take both. Any response is good. So, thank you guys, and uh, have a good night. Take care.